The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Are NDEs intended to expand our consciousness? And if so, what are we supposed to do about it? Are we meant to hold uh, onto our NDE like a precious secret or share it with the world? Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. To summarize the approach today's guest is taking to her NDE, the title of her talk at the upcoming IANS conference in San Antonio is billed as, Been there, done that, got the t-shirt, now what? And now what should be the question every NDEer asks after such a life-changing experience? For Deirdre DeWitt Maltby, her NDE meant a new perspective, a new journey, and a new life. Her accident, a 12-day coma, NDE, and several spiritually transformative experiences were to become the catalyst for changing Deirdre's life. Upon leaving the physical body, she was given a glimpse beyond our known reality, realized she was in the presence of her maker, and was given a most valuable and cherished gift to take with her for the rest of her life. Now, Deirdre shares the lessons learned from the other side. They were meant for everyone, and so she's written a book about it titled While I Was Out, describing the dynamic spirit within that connects us all with the invisible wiring of universal love. And Dee insists one does not have to have a near-death experience to go where she did. It's available to all of us when hearts are open to what is out there waiting. Dee, welcome to NDE Radio. Oh, hi, Lee. Thank you. Well, you're... I'm really honored that you asked me to be here, and I'm really excited, too, because I don't know that we can do this all in a half an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Well, probably not. Uh, Listeners always want to know a little something about your NDE, so why don't we start with that? Well, um, I was 56 years old, and quite honestly, I'd been through a lot of typical spiritual journeys in my life. I think I had a lot of religious hang-ups, but that was um, based on several things that I went through, very traumatic things that I went through early on in my life. So by the time I got to middle age, I had pretty much shut everything away. I'd, I'd come to terms with the way my life was, um, and I was okay with that. But anything spiritual, anything really um, God-oriented or beyond our physical lives, I think I kind of put that on a shelf somewhere, and I figured I'd deal that with that when I got there, if you know what I mean. Yes. And uh, on the middle of an ordinary day, you know, just like we all have, you go to work or you go shopping or you come home, uh, I had an accident, and uh, through that accident, my life changed forever. I, I didn't look into a lot of NDEs afterwards because what had happened to me was so life-changing and so profoundly mine, I I really figured that I had to process it myself. Uh, But I felt that I was, I I went through four different experiences within about four weeks. And part of them were uh, the NDE. Part of them was to show me that there really was something beyond this reality. Um, Also, an understanding that there truly is whatever you want to call a creator, a god, a maker, a source, 
of us all. And beyond that, and with that, comes this this beautiful thing called self-love. And then at the very end of all of that is earthly confirmation, and then ultimately a choice. And that's one of the other greatest gifts we've been given besides the gift of life is the gift of choice. Um, now, you mentioned um, having got a, caught a glimpse of our maker. Do you see a source of love outside of yourself as well as the source within yourself? Well, can I, re- can I read you a little bit from... Um, I think I said it best when I finally got it all out and I was able to put it down into words and put it into my book. And then after, I played over and over and over again like an endless tape, and and it finally pushed itself out, and I think it kind of does that to a lot of us NDEers. Sure. And and then once that happens, um, you look forward. You don't look backwards. You you look forward with, with what you have. So let me just read you this little thing. I went over this again this morning, and I said, wow, this this really kind of says the way it was for me. Great. The experience I had has now transformed my whole being. It's rewired my soul. I'm the same me, only the direction manual for running me seems to have changed. It is like a computer that has been reprogrammed and then rebooted somehow, and I'm still exploring this new way of being of getting used to this new way of being alive, this new way of perceiving this world around me, and somehow a new way of knowing. One of the things that became very clear to me is that I must find and I must grow close to this force that we label as God on my very own. Other people can only offer insights and directions in in which and where to look, but it is I alone who must find the answers within my own soul. In the time since my accident, I have been discovering that God, Creator, is already within my heart, and it's waiting. It's just waiting for me to find Him. And that pretty sum, pretty much sums up how every day of my life is now. It's mm. like my near-death experience was the springboard for who I am now. Um, do, you, do you see the... Your NDE as an internal experience or an external experience? Both. Or perhaps both? Absolutely both. Absolutely both. It gets to the point in your life where um, the, the two are communicating with one another. They're, they're, I guess you can say there's a here and there's a there, but I think what some of us experience with these NDEs, and, and I don't know, you know, again, I can only speak for myself, but I find that the more that I lean into what I experienced by feeling that I was literally held in the palm of the hand of the essence that created me, mm. when I bring that back into this world, it's part of my world. I, I can't separate the two. And so every day of my life that I go forward, I try to integrate um, that space, if you will, that space between this world and the next, because we live here. And for me, the the four most important words that truly did change my life is that we truly are spirit. And I, I understood that, and I knew that, and 
You know, it's kind of once you know something, you can't take that knowing away from yourself. And if you use it to grow from, then every single day becomes richer, it becomes more beautiful. Um, You still stumble, you still stumble and fall, but that's what all this is about. So, pardon? I was going to say, how soon after your experience did you uh, decide to write the book, and how long did it take you to write? You know, it was like in the hospital room, I couldn't talk. And I was very weak. I kept trying to communicate to my sister. And she knew I was frantic about something. And she kept going, what's the matter? What's the matter? And I was only strong enough to write the word God on my notepad. And she knew that something really profound had happened to me. Um, And when I could, I would tell her, and the whole thing just pushed its way out immediately. I don't know if, you know, my life was just ready for it. I don't know if my soul was ready for it. But I remember that about a week after my incident, I was I was trying to get from the living room to my bedroom to get to the computer, and I could still barely, barely walk. And this wasn't a week after my incident, but it was a week after I got home from the hospital. And no one was at home with me. And I remember I had my my arm on the ironing board to steady myself. And all of a sudden, before I could even take the next step, it was like nobody talked to me, but it was whatever it was was telling me without the words. It was like, you know what? Everything, all these steps, all these earthly confirmations, this near-death experience that you've had, the in and out of crossing between this world and the next over the, you know, these past weeks, mm-hmm. you can either accept it, and if you do, your life is going to change forever. Everything about your life is going to change. But you don't have to. You don't have to do that. And if you don't, your, your life will just go back the way it was, and that's fine, too. It's like I knew that I would be loved in either decision that I made, and before I could even make that next step, my heart had already made the decision. And I know that I hear that other NDEers sometimes get that within their experience, but this was something that happened to me in real time. I was very much awake, I was conscious, and I was just trying to get from one room to the next. And you know what? I still have the same life, I still have the same friends, I still do the same things. But whatever that was that told me that, it was absolutely right because everything in my life has changed. How did your friends? How did your friends and family uh, take take uh, your story? Uh, well, let's see. I'm trying to count how many times my my husband was on the phone trying to trying to find out what was wrong with me. <laughs> um, I think for the most part because. I have such conviction about this that um, they either think I'm totally nuts and walk away and just have a smile on their face because they've had a great conversation, or they know, gosh, we know Deirdre. We think she means what she says. So uh, actually, it's been very positive. It's been extremely positive. I live in a very, very small mountain town, and... We're very isolated, so to speak. So 
my my first desire once this endless tape kept playing over and over and over in my head, and I knew the only way to get it out was was to put it down on paper. And so I really didn't write this book to become an author. I wrote this book to thank my family, to thank my friends, to thank my community for their loving support for my family when when I was so close to dying. And I wanted them to know what I went through. I wanted them to be there with me. And so this was how I did it. And um, it's, it's just been ongoing ever since. I know that I got very, very, um, oh, gosh, you know where you want to go running down the street and you want to start beating on doors and going, wake up, wake up, wake up. You know, either <laughs> like Revere or Chicken Little, like, it's real, it's real. And I was I was bursting at the seams. I was just bursting at the seams. And uh, I think, though, I think there were other plans in store for me because, I got cut off pretty quickly. I still had lessons to learn. I still had processing to do. And even though my experience was only six years ago, um, every day of my life has been devoted towards processing and learning and growing from that experience. I realized very quickly I couldn't get hung up in the details of it. I had to hang on to the message. Have you ever seen the Matrix movies? You know, an awful lot of people don't want to take the the uh, pill that awakens them, the red pill or the blue pill. A lot of them are quite content to stay just as they are. So when you're banging on when you're banging on doors like that, you don't always uh, uh, get a happy response. No, you don't. And you know, one of the biggest things that I've learned because a couple of years after my experience. I got to tell you, Lee, my life fell apart. Um, I almost lost every single thing I had. My 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 business, my relationship with my sister, my husband, um, my finances, everything. Mm. You know, <laughs> and when I got to the bottom of it all. It was like this tiny little life preserver in my soul. It was like didn't lose anything. And I hung on to this little tiny seed of gratitude. And if I could just even look out the window and see a white cloud and be, be grateful for that cloud, it was like, okay, I can do that. I can still see that. I can, I can be grateful for that. And from that, every little thing in my life grew, and it grew out of gratitude. And before I knew it, and where I stand now, my life is richer than it's ever been in in, in all my days. But so it's even, not easy. I've, so I've gone even, flat on my even, face many times. Yeah, even with that loss... Uh, well, let me let me give you a suppose. Suppose you'd not had that NDE uh, and those that experience to strengthen you, and you'd gone through, you know, the various failures you were just referring to. Would you have come out the same way? Do you think, or or did the NDE was the NDE like a life preserver for you? You know, it was, but it's also brought me to the point where I realized that 
I'm going to have other catastrophes in my life. I'm going to have other uh, pitfalls or, you know, I, I kind of see things like waves. You know, you can ride the crest, but sooner or later you're going to go back into the trough. And But knowing that it's okay, I've taken the NDE experience and I've brought it into my life so that my life can grow. And once it started growing like that, I realized, you know what? I'm not learning anything. I mean, it's not like my NDE gave me something that nobody else can have. It's there for all of us. And I, and I think that's what's got me so hyped up is that when we open our hearts and when we get to the true desire of wanting to know ourselves and, and know that there's something outside of ourselves, that's when everything explodes. And life becomes like a near-death experience. It just, it opens us to what we are. How do you tell a generation of people who've never gone to church, who don't necessarily have any spiritual background, that there is a whole other world out there? Well, um, I'm, I'm actually having that uh, circumstance in my life right now. You know, that's within my, my family unit right now. And um, the only thing that I can truly do is live my life as I am driven from within, as this force that created me lives inside of me and writes my ship. And all I can do is, is hopefully be an example by how I live my life, how I use my words, how I use my energy, how I use my gratefulness. And maybe through that, the people that know me, especially the people that knew me before, you know, was like, wow, you know, maybe there is something there. And maybe I need to look inside my own self a little bit. You know, you can, you can drag a horse to water, but, you know, like they say, you can't <laughs> make them drink. And, exactly. And definitely, like... What is it before enlightenment? You chop wood, you carry water. Well, you know, not to say that I've been enlightened, but when you do get a glimpse of something greater, when you do understand something greater, you're put right back where you were. You know, you still have all the daily problems. You still have all the issues. So you got to chop wood and you still got to carry water, but you do it in a different way. And it means something different because now when you're chopping wood or you're having that daily experience, you're right there. Your soul is right there and you're going, you know what? I know what it's like to know now that I could die in the next second. You know, out of the clear blue, the roof could fall in on us, you know? I mean, you see it time and time again where people are living their lives and next second they're gone. So I've become so cognizant now um, and, I, and I catch myself living on automatic, and every now and then, you know, especially during the day, and I will have to say it goes back to the NDE. I get this little tap on my shoulder. I get this little tap in my soul. It's like, Deirdre, come back, come back, come back to right now. Live your life right now because this is where this is what's important. So maybe by when... doing that, if other people see that, maybe they'll just know. You know, I don't know. 
that now you're giving you're giving a talk at the at the uh, IONS conference in September, and um, probably half your audience will have had NDEs, and the other half may just be curious about them. So how do you how do you deal with an audience like that? What are you going to say? Well, actually, um, I almost felt like when I first went to uh, the IONS conference in Denver, I, I remember saying to myself, well, what am I doing here? Everybody else has had a near-death experience. It's kind of like, you know, preaching to the choir kind of thing, you know, if you're all sitting around talking or doing whatever. And um, I did go again in 2012 down to Phoenix, and I was on the experiencer panel down there, so I got, you know, to do a little 15-minute talk. But i got to tell you, just exchanging um, lessons, details, the openness, the uh, learning, and I've met so many people through my book that have never had a near-death experience. In fact, it's those people that usually email me or call me or or talk to me, you know, on on Facebook, and they're like, "Wow, you know, I I've had these kind of feelings." Because I went very deeply into my book about what happened to me afterwards. Um, in fact, the last half of my book is basically my words and my journals and my thoughts as, as to when I was growing and absorbing, you know, what I had learned. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to give the people that have never had a near-death experience. And it's not, you know, we didn't learn anything that nobody else knows. I, I think we were just tapped on the shoulder a little bit and reminded. And... um I think we're supposed to remind other people, too. But sure, you get those people that say, well, gee, do I have to roll a Tahoe like you did to figure out, you know, all this? And it's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. A group of girls came into my store last week, and we all went We all went for coffee, and we sat down. They, they actually drove from Indiana and were out here on vacation, and they looked me up. And we had the most absolutely uplifting, phenomenal conversation. And I know they walked away with something to take with them. Now, whether they do something with it or not, I'm not responsible for that. All I can do is share what I have. So, have you, no- have you, I was going to ask, have you noticed that when you do tell your, uh, your story to people who have not had an NDE, Somewhere their memory is jogged into remembering another story they've heard or a family member who experienced some personal mystical happening in their lives, and then oh, you get absolutely. stories back. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it just becomes a circle of sharing. And through that sharing comes a circle of growing. You know, and, and we, we each take something away with us. You know, something to ponder, something to add to the storehouse of what we can use to grow with. And, um, you know, that's why I labeled my little talk, been there, done that, got the T-shirt, because I thought, well, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a researcher. I haven't researched near-death experiences. Heck, I haven't even read about a whole lot of them, you know? And I just wanted people to know that I'm another Joe Schmo, and I just went through something that was so profound that i got to share it, you know? And I'm that person. I'm talking to me before my accident. That's who I talk to, 
you know, I talked to the person that I was, you know, the person that had put themselves on hold and thought, well, I'll deal with all that later because I don't know how I feel about it. That's the person I talked to. And it's so enriching. It's so fabulous. And I don't know. I, I, work in, I work in a store. I work in retail. And every single day, people come in my door. I don't see them the way I used to see them. And sometimes even people I've only met for a minute or so, I don't try to push anything on anybody. I just try to be there in the moment with that person. And then before I know it, all of a sudden, we are talking about the most fabulous thing. And we, we both walk away from the experience going, wow, I got something today. This is pretty cool. So that's now you're uh, you live. You're living in a small town in Colorado. I am. Colorado recently uh, legalized recreational use of marijuana. Do you suppose there is a heightened sense of uh, exploratory curiosity in your state, where people are perhaps more interested in finding out something more about themselves and, and relationships with other people, and, and that's what encouraged them to legalize this drug, or? Um, what's your attitude toward all of that? Boy, I don't know, but I, I think my first comment was, well, why the heck didn't they do this when I was 20? <laughs> 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 but, um, you know, I'm, I'm so far past that now as far as, you know, what something like that would mean in my life. And quite honestly, I, I truly, it hasn't touched my life here all that much, even though we do have in this very, very small little town, we have uh, five, uh, you know, marijuana centers here where you can go for recreational use. Wow, five of them in a tiny town? Yeah, there's only 5,000 people in my town. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so, um, but, you Well, know, I, I've always assumed, you know, having been a child of the 60s myself, that, that people uh, especially got into hallucinogenics because they were searching for something meaningful, spiritually meaningful in their lives. And it wasn't just for entertainment purposes and and uh, but it's not it's very limited compared to um a real NDE for example. Oh, absolutely. And yes, being a child of the 60s, I was um very much into the same thing and I can tell you my near death experience put all of that to shame. <laughs> 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 you know, um, if you could bottle a near-death experience it and, um, you know, and I, and I think everybody that's ever had one, if you could bottle it and sell it, you, you probably could make a fortune because, yes, it, it far outshines any hallucinogenic you could ever, ever um, hope to experience. But yet, um, they're not hallucinations. It's a realness far beyond um, the fabric of, of even this reality. Absolutely. Uh, Dee, um, we're running out of time here, and I want you to be able to tell uh, the listeners how they might get in touch with you. You mentioned uh, Facebook. Um, how can they order your, your book? Um, give us a little of that information. Well, my book has is, is only been self-printed, and, and I'm, I'm very grateful to say that, that I've printed many, several thousand copies at this point. 
that have gone out to f- around the world. Um, it is on Amazon, but you can, uh, my website is deirdremaltby.com, and it's D-E-I-R-D-R-E-M-A-L-T-B-Y.com, and um, you can click on the, on the link there, and it will take you to a couple places that you can order the book. Or my book, uh, my my Facebook page for my book is called While I Was Out. Uh, I'm I'm getting ready to come out with another great little book that I'm I'm really excited to share with people because they're not my words. Uh, about a year after my near death experience, I started uh, writing, and it's something I'd never done before in my life. And but that's a whole other story and a whole other chapter. But I am coming out with a little book and I will be taking it to Ions with me. And this book is for you. That's the title of it. And it's the little book of whispers. It's the whispers that I've been getting over the last five years. And I, I truly meant, feel that they're meant to be shared with other people. And I'm I'm That's... I'm so happy that you invited me here, Lee, and um I hope I totally didn't talk your ear off. But Not at all. I I look forward to seeing you out in San Antonio when you're when we're both out there. I and uh you. Yeah. Sadly, we're out of time for today. My thanks to Deidre DeWitt Maltby for this instructive show. Uh be sure to look for her book while I was out and come hear her discussion at the upcoming IONS conference in San Antonio at September 3rd through 6th. And for details, you can go to iands.org. If you'd like to listen to this show again or any other of our previous programs, please visit our website at nderadio.org. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.